What's up, 4640? I'm so excited for tonight because my, my son, Azariah, is going to help me preach about Jesus tonight. And so give it up for Azariah. Azariah, how old are you? Four and a half. Four and a half, okay. And do you know any stories about Jesus and God? Yes. Okay, can you remember a story about Jesus and a donkey? Yes. Okay, can you tell all the students that story? Yes. Go ahead. Once upon a time in the Bible, there was Jesus asked for a donkey. They put clothing on it. Wait, wait, wait. They put clothes on the donkey? Are you serious? Okay, and then what happens? They went up a great hill. Then they went to Israel. Mm -hmm. Then they put it clothing on the street, and they put, covered it up with palm branches. What? They put clothing on the street and covered it with palm branches? Yes. Why were they doing that? I don't know. You don't know? All right. <laughs> Keep going. And they celebrated. Who celebrated? They did. They did? Like all the people were celebrating? And how were they celebrating? I don't know. Were they, <laughs> were they, they were putting the palm branches down and they were shouting? What were they shouting? Do you remember? No. We were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. And about how Jesus was the king? Yes. Yes. And, and then what happened? The, what was that? What was that? Um, the religious leaders. The religious leaders say, tell them to be quiet. What? Are you kidding? That's so rude. So the religious leaders said, be quiet. And yes. what did Jesus say? If they be quiet, then the wall, the the what? The rocks. The rocks will still praise me. The rocks will still praise Jesus. If the people be quiet, the rocks will praise Jesus, right? And so yes. he told those religious leaders to be quiet themselves, huh? Yes. Yes. Is that the end of the story? Yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much for telling us that story, Azariah. All right. There's his first sermon, y'all. Okay. So, Brandon, I'm glad, I'm glad you're here because I need you to do something. I need you to get in the pool and um, there, I put a little tweezers in there and I put a cup. And what I want you to do is I want you to grab yourself a handful of sand and then I want you to begin counting the grains of sand in this pool. And as you count them, that's why I gave you the tweezers because they're very small. And I want you to count each little grain of sand and put it in the cup. And when I'm done preaching, I kind of want like a number, like how many grains of sand, are you okay? I mean, there you go. How many grains of sand are in the baby pool? I would like you to count all, as many as you can. You got the whole time I'm preaching. So I'll come back to you, just get started. Okay, and the tweezers, one at a time, 
don't guess. Don't just pinch a bunch. One, two. If you need Azariah, he can, he can help you count. Okay. Now, while he's working on that, I want each one of us to know. Wait, what are you doing? <laughs> You're going to go help him? All right, go help him. That sounds good. All right, jump in there, buddy. Go for it. All right. Okay, watch your microphone. All right, now, there is something in each one of us that loves the approval of a crowd, right? We, we want people to like us. We want likes on Instagram. We want people to greet us and know our name and think we're fun and think we're cool to hang out with. We want people to like us. But the truth is that crowds are fickle. Crowds are very fickle. So think about this. The story that Azariah told us from the Bible is the story of Palm Sunday. So on Sunday, Jesus is walking into Jerusalem just like Azariah said, he's riding the donkey, there's the palms on the ground, and the crowd is throwing him a massive parade. They're cheering, they're chanting, they're saying, Jesus is king, Hosanna, God saves, and they're cheering for Jesus. Five days later, the crowd is booing Jesus. Five days later, they let Jesus be arrested, and the same crowd that said, Jesus is king, now chants, crucify, crucify, crucify. There's something in us that wants the approval of the crowd, but the crowd is fickle. The crowd's approval will be here one moment and gone the next. And if we live our lives trying to get people to like us, we will always end up broken and lonely and confused and not very confident in who we are. The crowd murdered Jesus. The guy they cheered for, they murdered. And if we seek the approval of the crowd, in the end, our hearts will always be broken. The approval of your friends, your classmates, your teammates, your bandmates is fickle too. They'll applaud you one minute, and they will crucify you the next. And that's why it's so important that we learn not to listen for the applause of people. We can't do what is going to impress some vague audience of friends or classmates. We can't listen to their applause, but also we can't listen to their boos. We can't listen to when they, when they hate on us or they speak ill of us. We can't listen to either extreme because crowds are so fickle. The Bible says in Romans 12, don't copy the behaviors or customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. What this lets us know is we got to know who we are. Okay, how, how's the counting going? You're going to have to start over, buddy. So the, you had 65, and then as he happened. Okay. Okay, you can, you can only put one at a time, As Use the pincher, Azzy. Use the pincher. And it's a tweezers. We call it a pincher at our house because that's all the boys do with it is pinch each other. Okay, but don't pitch Brandon or anything, Azariah. Okay, don't make me use your middle name. All right, one at a time in the cup, Brandon and Azariah. We're going to see how many grains of sand they can get to hopefully they can actually get somewhere and fill up the cup a little bit. 
But God made you. God is the one who made you. He gave you a purpose. He gave you an identity. He gave you who you really are on the inside. He knows your niche. He knows what you're good at. He knows what your talents are. And he ultimately knows your value. Galatians 1 says, obviously, I am not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. Obviously, and I hope that you can say this about yourself. I hope that you can say, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of my classmates. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of my teammates. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of the popular kids at school, but of God. And that's a great thing to say in church, and it's easy to say in church, but is it obvious in your life? Are you really trying to win the approval of people or of God? Because ultimately, one is going to be happy and one will be unhappy. We cannot serve two masters, the Bible says. If we do, we'll end up loving one and we'll end up hating the other. And so we have to decide, who are we trying to make laugh? God or some random kid from school? Like, who are we trying to impress? Who are we trying to amuse? God or some kid that we're not even going to know in 10 years? Because most of the time, you can't please both. The message version of the Bible in James 4 says, you're cheating on God if all you want is your own way. Flirting with the world every chance you get, you end up enemies with God in his way. And do you suppose that God doesn't care? The Proverbs has it. He's a fiercely jealous lover. And he gives, and what he gives in love is far better than anything else you find. So I know it's normal. It's a normal tendency, a normal desire to say, I want to be liked. I want people to approve of me. I want people to like me. I want people to think I'm pretty or funny or fast or strong or whatever, musical or good at skateboarding, whatever is your thing. There's, it's normal to want people to like you. But if we're trying to seek the approval of people, we will end up becoming like the people whose approval we seek. So if we have in our head that the person who we want to like us, we got to look at who that person is. If that person's always uh, messing around in school and cracking jokes when the teacher's trying to teach and, and not working on their homework, if we want their approval, ultimately we will become like them. We'll stop trying in school. We'll start getting worse grades. We'll start getting detention for acting up in class. We'll become like the one we want to impress. If we decide, I want to impress the guys at the skate park, the ones on the scooters that can do the really cool tricks, that's who I want to like me, then guess what? We'll start becoming like them. We'll buy a scooter, and we'll actually practice, and we'll start doing tricks, and we'll get really good at it, and we'll start to try to be like them. If we want their approval, we end up becoming like them. If we want the approval of our band director, we end up practicing our instrument a ton. We end up volunteering to do the bake sale for band. We end up doing the things that would impress the band teacher, that will make us a better musician and so we have to weigh out, like, whose approval? Who do we want to think we're cool? Because ultimately, every single one of us, somewhere in our soul, is asking the question, do you like me? We're asking someone that question. 
And I hope the person we're asking the question is, is God. I hope we're saying, God, do, do I mean, do you like me? Is the way I'm acting, the way I'm talking, the way I'm joking, the way I'm hanging out with my friends, the way I'm doing my school life, is that making you happy? Like, God, do you like me? Because the character of the person whose approval we seek, we end up becoming exactly like. And that's why we really have to think about who we're trying to impress. And here's the cool thing. If who we're trying to impress is God, guess what? He already is very impressed. He already loves us completely and wholly, exactly the way we are, flaws and ugly and weird, almost in. He loves it. Okay. Brandon, how's your, how's your count going? Um, I'm, I'm at about 204. 204. That's impressive. Can anyone see the sand? Oh, you better get back to work. Don't dump a bunch in, Azzy. 204. You, you guys can't even see it. Keep, keep counting. Keep counting. All right. Where was I? God likes us so much. And the Bible tells us that God is constantly thinking of us. That every single day, when we're awake, when we're asleep, when we're at school, when we're doing our homework, when we're listening to our parents, when we're playing video games, when we're on our cell phone, whatever we are, whatever we're doing, God is constantly thinking about us. And not just us collectively, not just all of humanity, but God is like so ginormous that he can think individually about each of us at the exact same second. And the Bible says that God has so many thoughts about you personally, about you individually. Listen to this. In the Bible, Psalm 139, it says, this guy's talking to God, and he said, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand on the planet. And when I wake up, you are still with me. So here we've given Brandon a box of sand, one baby pool of sands. That's like less than one sand golf trap. It's less than one beach. It's less in one lake, it's a small kid sandbox, right? And in there are grains of sand so numerous that Azariah and Brandon cannot count them with the tweezers. It's impossible. They've been counting. They're up to what number? 265. And you can't even see it. How many grains of sand are in that one baby pool? If 265 doesn't even cover the bottom of the cup, you think it's what? 100. 100 is Azariah's official guess. Well, we already know in the cup is 265. So that's way more than 100. And so that's one kid pool sandbox type situation. And this Bible verse says that God's thoughts about you outnumber the grains of sand on the planet. That's the bottom, all the sands on the bottom of the Pacific and Atlantic and Arctic and Indian Ocean. 
plus all the sand on every beach on the planet, plus all the sand on the bottom of Lake Michigan and Lake Superior and every single lake on the planet, in America, in Russia, in Africa, all the bottoms of every river, everywhere on the planet, every backyard that has a kid's sandbox, every golf course on the planet with its weird sand trap, every piece of sand that's ever got stuck in your shoe as a kid that you dumped out at night, every grain of sand that makes up the Hawaiian Islands and the Philippine Islands and every, every grain of sand on the planet and God's thoughts about you personally outnumber them. How many grains of sand you got? 290. Can anyone see his grains of sand yet? Okay, a few, a few of you can, but most of you can't. Small amount. 290 grains of sand. We got to get to 100, Azariah says, right? But 290 grains of sand, I'm tipping it so you can kind of see it. I don't know if that helps you. And you can barely see it at all. How many grains of sand are in one kid's sandbox? How many grains of sand are on this planet? And God says that is the number of grains of sand is equal to the number of thoughts he has in his mind about you. So now the question is, what is God thinking about you? He's thinking he is madly, crazy, seriously, desperately in love with you. And he likes you. And he thinks you're funny. And he thinks you're good at singing and beautiful and impressive. And all of God's thoughts and plans for you are to bless you and give you future and purpose and hope, the Bible says. And so, God's thoughts about you are so many that he wants you to know tonight that he loved you first, that he loved you most, that he loves you best, that he loves you most completely beyond what you can even think, hope, or imagine. And the prayer that the 4640 staff prays for you is that you would recognize that he loves you, that his answer is check yes. He loves you. He wants relationship, friendship, connection. He wants to hang out with you. Is it, are you really pinching any sand there, son? Yes? Oh, okay. This is an authentic sand move. Romans 14 in the Bible says, if you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and will Others will approve of you too. If you decide, you know what, I'm going to please God first. I'm going to win God's approval first. Then all of a sudden what will begin to happen is God will bless you with favor and approval from the people that actually matter. But you got to put, and I got to put, we got to put God first in that approval. So our prayer for you as 4640 staff, as blue team, that we pray for you on a regular basis is found in Ephesians chapter three and it says this, and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, 
how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. And may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And students, what we want you to understand is he loves you. He absolutely loves you, and he likes you, and he cares about you, about the biggest and smallest details of your life. If he cares enough about you to like, have a thought the size of the grain of sand, is there anything too big, anything too small for God to get involved in in your life? No. Nothing. Close your eyes for just a second. I want to create just a little private space for everyone. And I want everyone to think in the privacy of their own heart. Have you ever said yes to the love of God? Have you, have you ever said to God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for thinking about me. Thank you for reaching out to me. Because each person in this room has to make a choice, each person on the planet, because God has these thoughts about everybody. But each person has to choose if they are gonna think about God too. If they're gonna put their thoughts towards God, to, towards doing what pleases God. And there's many of us in this room that come to 46 for a whole bunch of different reasons. But have you ever decided that you in your heart choose God back. God chooses you. God chose you before the foundation of the world. But what about you? Do you choose him? So with every head bowed and every eye closed and everybody thinking in their own heart, if you'd like to say, you know what? I don't know that I've chosen God before, but I choose him now. With every eye closed, just lift up your hand and say, I'm choosing God. I'm choosing God. I want God's approval, not other people's approval, not what's popular or cool, but I want God's approval. So many of you are raising your hand in this moment. Many of you have raised your hand to moments like these before, but let's pray together. God, thank you so much that you approve of us because of Jesus, because of our connection to Jesus. And Lord, every insecurity, every worry, every fear, every doubt we have about ourselves, God, let it just fall away as we like embrace the fullness of how much you really love us. God, help us to be confident and secure knowing that you love us most, you love us best, you love us fully. And God, we, we respond to you and say we love you back. Help us to know and love you more every single day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.